Hi guys, I'm Priscilla. And I'm Jess. We're two longtime friends, aka besties, and the hosts of Popcorn for Dinner's new film podcast, Is This Cinema? Every week, Jess and I, along with some friends from Popcorn for Dinner and Beyond Popcorn for Dinner, are going to be discussing all the latest film releases. Yeah, and we'll also be doing some blind debates, where we'll be foolishly given topics to debate live on air without any prep time. Okay. Intense movie and filmmaker drafts. Top fights of our best actors and honestly, whatever fun ideas we're pretty much dumb enough to try. So please subscribe on all podcast platforms and come and join us at the movies as we try to investigate just what is cinema. Bye, guys. Bye. Hello and welcome back to the Popcorn for Dinner podcast. It's election night and we are crowning, sorry, we are voting in a new president today. And joining me on this episode to talk about election night in the Waystar world. He's my fun guy in Uruguay. It's a boopie. How are you doing? I'm good. Um, they've really been giving Connor some interesting <laughs> ambassadorial lines lately. I don't know. Just I, Was he really coming you know up with all those things on the fly? Give me a five-minute webisode of Connor just doing the rhymes. Just, just, just keep on doing. What fun guy in Uruguay? Like, how did he? Anyway, they are, the writers are too good. I think <sighs> I, I, I know we we praise them and stuff, but it, it's it is worth praising them specifically about certain things because Succession is so natural in its delivery that people mm-hmm. really think that they do a lot of improv. And sure, mm-hmm. there is improv. Many shows have at least a tiny bit of that, but. It's always worth remembering that 95% of what you're seeing in succession is written down word for word. Even some of those things that feel like add-ons, they're literally like extra lines that are brought by the writers as they're filming. So it's it's like the writers are doing improv for the actors sometimes. It's an interesting collaboration. Yeah. I definitely think like with all due respect to the actors, all of whom we all we love, like the improv on succession is overstated. I people think you just come in and like say like an entirely new new scene and I, I think it's like i mean there are lots of stories of this of like the writers just been on set which is why yeah part of the whole writer strike thing is saying that our job doesn't stop when we write the script like they're on set saying yeah. oh well, try this line try this line try this line try this all so like yeah i think a lot of lot of that comes from the writer it's just like, but again the actors are so good that they make it seem natural and seem like it's instinctive um we're talking about succession episode seven so episode eight from the fourth and final season, mm-hmm. titled America Decides, which personally I think is hilarious because America did not decide. America hardly <laughs> ever has any say Mer- in, this, in this, but uh, for sure, America it was, decides. It was, you know, it's funny. I didn't realize how funny that was until my second watch. I, first of all, like, oh, America decides. Obviously, that's what you say on election night. I was like, oh, no, no, no. America didn't decide. <laughs> America was imp- imposed. They really upon. make you feel that way, like with the, the news people, right? Um, Mm-hmm. It's, it's interesting to see, you know, we, we, we've talked a lot and heard a lot, actually, about how important ATN is to what these people do, what they sell, the empire that they've built. Um, so it was cool to have an episode that's really, I mean, we don't think of it that way at first, but really this is an episode that is dedicated to how much of a power wielder ATN actually is. I mean, mm-hmm. they go on mm-hmm. TV and like, you can see that they're in the studio, the stage is there, the cameras, the lights, the makeup, all that stuff is there. And then on the desk, it says America decides, but America is not deciding anything. There's like not three decided. three disgruntled, unloved children upstairs that are deciding for them. So <laughs> so that's yeah. hilarious to me. It's written by show creator Jesse Armstrong and it's directed by Andrea Perek, who we said last time is probably second in command when it comes to the directing team on succession mm-hmm. i'm gonna ask you what you thought of this episode but i'm just gonna say mine now um this is it for me this is my best episode of the season i haven't said that across the season like but this is this was it for so me now you, a, now you feel equipped to say that <laughs> yeah recently bias aside i'm pretty sure this might be top five non-season finale episodes for me yeah i i, I went into this one thinking something very similar because I was listening to Jesse Armstrong talk about episode three um, mm-hmm. in all its shock and awe um, five weeks ago. 
and he was saying like he was being asked what is the episode in this season that's that people really should watch out for yeah and he said episode eight and the person was like wait hold on not episode three he was like yeah i think episode eight and he just said this so calmly i was like this man you know he's a monster so i had to forget about that yeah like literally i went into this thinking wow what's about to happen you know i was half expecting someone to die but i didn't think they would go that sensational still it 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 definitely delivered like it it this episode just had everything uh, nothing f- uh, without even feeling forced like it's so amazing when they're able to jam pack everything that is good about the series without it feeling like they're just ticking things off a list they had everything from you know big drama moments to Kendall thinking about whether he's an actually good father to Tom looking for cocaine for some weird reason to wasabi getting in someone's eyes i mean <laughs> Just throwing things out the wazoo—it's it's amazing. I mean, like, so I'm guessing you. So you like the episode then? I do like the episode. Yeah, <laughs> let, let's let, let's put that on the record. Obviously, I've been very reductive in always talking about Veep for obvious reasons, and it's a disservice to both shows. But like, it's almost impossible to like not watch this episode particularly, and not if you're someone that watched Veep. I mean, obviously, different shows, different kind of stakes, but like. Veep always nailed an election episode. Like, it was always great, an election episode. But before we talk about the episode in depth, I want to ask you a question. Where were you, Ibibi, in 2016? Obviously, the election, that's what I'm talking about, not, <laughs> yes, not I February do. 2016. Yeah. I know. Um, I was in the US. Mm-hmm. Um, this was in the final semester of my... Yeah, I was, I, was, yeah, I was in the US. I was just, like, in college at the time, in university. And... Um, Wait, you invested in Florida, weren't you? Yes, I was in were Florida. Jeez. Yes. So you were, yes. you were right yes. there. Yes. Yeah. Home state. <laughs> Everything that you're thinking, yes. Um, so I was, I was actually sitting with a friend as we, as the numbers were coming in and we were watching mm-hmm. similar things to like what ATN was showing. Mm-hmm. They, it's, it's all the rage. I mean, even like in, in 2020, um, I was in the US as well. However, um, at the time of the actual election, I had just gone to, I just arrived in Nigeria. So Okay. I was watching all that stuff from there and it was a similar experience. Um, you have all these websites that are projecting things. Um, for anybody who was wondering why this was such a circus, typically all the big news um, outlets are making projections as to who has won each state um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. one by one based on reported poll numbers. Some, some states are slower to count, so they may come in. So this whole thing of them calling the election is literally them calling the election. So. Mm-hmm. I was sitting there watching as they called for Florida, then, you know, for, you know, Michigan and states like New York, California typically get called fast. Everybody's always looking at states like Texas and Florida, as well as swing states. There's always something Mm -hmm. random, like in this episode, Wisconsin, that is just a big deciding factor. And um, yeah, I remember watching it and seeing the results and thinking, wow, so this is our reality now. And I don't think at that point, people just thought, okay, well, I guess this is going to be interesting. This could be fun. And then it was the next four years of it not being very fun for most people. (laughs) So, But even even on that, I mean, that was also the first election that I like obviously watched. Um, and actually paid attention to yeah yeah i was in the uk so i was five hours behind i think i went to bed i think i went into bed like four or five a.m that day um and i started watching it because at that point we still thought okay it's gonna be tight but like she's gonna she's gonna win she's gonna find a way like it's just gonna happen isn't it so i'm watching i think i remember i was was playing fm i was watching there were like four of us slowly everybody started going (laughs) next thing you know i was the only one left in the room and i wasn't Mm -hmm. playing fm anymore I was just stuck on CNN, like just worried. what's going on. <laughs> and I and I only bring this up because I remember because I was thinking of we're not gonna have time to focus on it, but like Greg and Jess's interaction was just like she was like, huh. So we're doing this, huh? We're really we're really gonna do this. We're really we're really gonna make this happen, aren't we? Like I'm like you guys see that Greg and Jess are worried that they're they're genuinely concerned as to okay so we've actually gotten to a point where this is going to be the reality that we're creating yeah just like you can you can take some time maybe pgn will call like it's like they they are the ones that i mean because they are the closest to quote-unquote normal i guess in that well not in that building because they're normal workers but you get what Mm -hmm. i mean of power and they're like they actually know what him being like president mean because they've seen yeah because 2016, man, watching that thing in real time 
was was quite like quite it was the quite soul crushing. Huh? Yeah. Because it's one thing waking up and be like, oh, Trump has won. You're like, oh, wow, that's surprising. But watching it in real time and watching, like, because yeah. I remember they were, CNN was doing interviews. So they do interviews with, like, Trump supporters and you could hear what they were saying. You could, I was like, oh my God. I that, remember. Was, that was my experience as well. Yeah. Just yeah. watching it happen and thinking, I mean, having been in the US, maybe it was different from you because I had been seeing these things little by little, accumulating, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. building up, um, especially with all the interviews with Trump supporters, which are still gold to this day because people are saying things and you're like, this isn't real, right? And then it turns out that that's actually a real person's opinions. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, I don't spend too much time on this because it's not this episode, but, but like, yeah, I was watching it. I was like, I just started, you could feel the like, the anger that they had that they had just experienced eight years of Obama. They were like, we're going to take it back. Because I remember at like 4 or 5 a.m., I called my brother because my brother was in California at the time, which mm-hmm. is obviously partly why I was so invested. He was in California. And I called him at 4 a.m. And I'm, I think I was just like, obviously he's in California. So California is mostly blue. So I was like, thank God you're in California one. But also just like, I don't know, just watch out. <laughs> because like the, the thing the thing that you knew the thing that you knew because like <laughs> after watching those six seven hours of oh that, the God. thing that you knew was that the worst people were going to get emboldened and I was just like you're going to be a black a tall black man walking across America like you just like just not nobody saying be afraid, but just like watch out because like those people, the worst people, and I think that's kind of what happens here. Mankin I mean, yeah, gives it it's more than a dog whistle. There was a lot of misbehavior. He there was a lot of misbehavior. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of empowering of people who had really really fringe ideas. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. There was against Mankin black using, people, well, as you said, women, a, a, a dog whistle. Like, yeah, exactly. The yeah. things he was saying in that speech at the end, it just it, it honestly just hearkened uh, back to. You know, what we heard in, I believe it was episode eight or was it, no, was it seven, six last or seven season. of last season when we actually. Oh, when he said H. He, yeah, said he, H had some good ideas. Yeah. Literally yeah, yeah. when we actually met him and he was like, yeah, you know, if I, I mean, there's no reason for me to be sharing my slice of pie if you're coming in on your orange car. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, what? This sounds so familiar yet so insane. I, I was actually amazed as to how the, the writing pulled that off. And the performance by Justin Kirk was wild because this dude is so gleefully hateful and divisive mm-hmm. and exclusionary um, that he kind of just fits the bills. It's a thing where like you're laughing, but in the back of your mind, you're kind of afraid, just like a little bit concerned. <laughs> and that's how everybody in the episode feels yeah. there. They're going to gain, sure, but they're a little bit concerned. And that's obviously the question of the episode is like um, underlying. It's like, are we going to take the short-term gain of messing up the deal that dad got to take the company away from us over like the future of the Commonwealth? Because this person isn't just going to be president for the next four years. It's the country is going to continue as a result of whatever happens in the next four years. It could change the country forever. Yeah, I mean, we could just, guys, this episode is going to be a bit haphazard. I apologize. But we can just, we can start with that, actually. I think the only person that really cares about that question is Kendall. Yeah, I mean, he's pondering it the whole time, partly because of what's going on with Sophie. Yeah. And speaking of which, he, it, it, I, I like that you want to protect your daughter. You know, you're finally listening to me. I'm glad you're tuning into these episodes, Kendall Roy. However, tell Rava mm-hmm. if you're going to put a tail on them. Just, yeah, you, you could have, have said her. something. Don't tell Sophie, but you have to tell Rava. You have to tell Rava. Jeez. Also, I'm sorry, that tale is, is, that tale is terrible. If Rava is spotting you, exactly, that like, tale should be fired. Fully. That, well, Rava, a civilian is spotting you, that's terrible. Um, oh, no, because on that point, obviously Roman is not, Roman doesn't care. Roman wants to get a W whichever way possible. He's, he just he's wants to win. To I don't think he's else. even concerned about the deal. He just wants to make sure that like he fulfills his favor to Menken, who is really his guy, which reminds me yeah, very much of he Logan. Might also be sexually attracted to. <laughs> if you're watching on YouTube, if we just did a neutral spit take. Like... <laughs> um, yeah, no. Oh God. Uh, what was I going to say? Mad. No, because of, on that point, she says something to, to Kendall later in the episode. She says, um, whatever benefit it is to us in the short term, as corporate players, this is uh, Mankin becoming president. Mm-hmm. It doesn't, basically, it doesn't like compare to the fact that Mankin is, is a nightmare, is the devil. This isn't where it ends. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, Shave, that's all nice and cool for you to say. But then literally she makes the financial decision a second later because she doesn't, how do I put it? She doesn't take the risk that maybe Nate would be willing to like block the deal. And then obviously that would allow Kendall support them. She says, no, 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 no. Like I have to, do you, do you get what I mean? Like she has to go 
for what she knows will benefit her, which is the deal, mm-hmm. even though she knows it risks a making presidency after just having like it's you say this one thing, but then when you had the chance to actually put your mouth, put your money where your mouth is, you just I like, wonder why she you, did that. Like I wonder why they, why she didn't just actually call. At first I thought it was fine. Then I heard the you know the automated voice out and I was just like, wow, what are you doing? This is this I even helping you? I think it's the fear. I think she has the fear that Nate might like they might be so desperate that they'll be like, yeah, we'll block the deal. And she knows that if they do that, Kendall will support them. And obviously that fucks up her, her deal with Matson. So I think it's the fear of like maybe Nate then would actually actually agree. Anyway, speaking of Shiv, this is a Hall of Shame performance. Hall of Shame. She is collecting L's all across the board on this episode. Personal L's. Her husband said, is this a tactic? Like, man, she, like, but we'll talk about finally, she, she, she finally says it, you know. I mean, yeah, we'll definitely get into it, but... But yeah, that, that just shows how messed up everyone is. Like you hear something like that. Like you hear, oh, by the way, I'm pregnant for you. And there's so little trust in any relationship in this show <laughs> that you're literally like, okay, is this just a, is this just a move? This is a tactic. Like nobody says what they mean in this show. Like he says yeah. it with such vitriol. He's, he says it with this, with, 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 with this air of really, again, like I actually don't have the energy for this. Like his mm-hmm, face was mm-hmm. like, is this like, like, can you just, this was, this wasn't a plea of like, you know, are you trying to mess with me here? You know, like this wasn't an, from an emotional place. The way he asked it was more from a practical, this is wasting my time type of thing. <laughs> and I think that's why I really get huh. her. Is that how you read it? Kind of, because he, he okay. was, because he, 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 he was like, okay, is this is exactly like, obviously there was hurt in it, but I yeah. think of, think about Tom in episode eight of season three. When yeah. um, they're doing that role play and she's like, I don't love you even though, and, and you're not good enough for me, even though you love me, all those things. And yeah, you can yeah, see yeah. his face as he's just processing all those things. Like that was like, that was hurt. And he was really talking, like when he talked back, he was, he was talking from, from a place of just straight up almost irritation and mm-hmm. fear um, and kind of just wanting a s- acceptance. But now I think he's talking more from a place of, you know, I'm basically done with you at this point. Like, I'm sorry for those things I said, but like, I'm not sure. Because before she gets to that point where she tells him about the pregnancy, the first thing she says is, (laughs) the first thing she says is, I'm going to give you a chance to, you know, I just want to apologize for what I said last night. I'm going to give you Mm -hmm. a chance to do the same. And he's just like, okay. (laughs) <laughs> like he doesn't take back anything, right? So he is definitely still annoyed. Like if anybody is feeling bad from last night, it's both of them, but he's not feeling bad to the point yet where he wants to make any kind of apology. Partly because he doesn't understand like what she's going through with like the pregnancy and everything. And he's feeling like this whole Matson thing is going to blow up in her face. She's starting to feel that way. He's like, well, if you're not going to protect me, then I'm, gonna pre- I'm not going to protect you. Though mm-hmm. Tom has no idea that for a lot of the series, Shiv has been protecting him. You know, she really has, uh, if we really look at it. I mean, yeah, she supports, she protects him when it obviously benefits her because uh-huh. because she's a Roy. Sad. Okay, I have a question. Is Tom bad at his job? I actually don't think he is. I think he's he's fine at his job. I, I think he, he, obviously, being with Shiv has helped him a lot. Like, I, I was just talking about her protecting him. One way mm-hmm. she did that was him actually becoming co-head of ATN. Mm-hmm. She did that for him. In the first episode of season three, he was still in charge of parks and cruises. And because of what they knew was going to go down because of that, she has him transfer. She actually specifically asks Logan for that. And that's how he ends up there in the first place. Mm-hmm. And the way he got to the top of parks and cruises, like the way he, he is, where we find him at the beginning of the series, you know, he was socially climbing, sure, but he was also being very strategic um, in the corporate sense too. I think he was fine at his job. He's, I always wonder, like he's the kind of person that I look at um, sometimes when I watch the show and it's like, "Mm, I wonder how this guy is like just on a day-to-day basis when the camera isn't on him. Like, is everybody else seeing him like Greg? Are there people who are scared of Greg who are more scared of Tom? Though that's probably the case now, even though Tom is Mm. trying to demote Greg in this episode. It's like, no, this, whoever that guy is, can't Greg for me better than Greg. I've thought about that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah so I, I, I feel like um, Tom is good at his job at ETN, but in this episode, everything feels so chaotic and stressful because even the 
Like he's still kind of new to the news part of the business, but he's been doing it for long enough now. He has good people around him and he's just making sure that he's supervising. Like all he's trying to do in this episode is supervise, but he can't because he's being micromanaged constantly. And that's why it feels like he might not be so good at his job in this one episode. Okay. Okay. That's fine because you're answering, you're smartly answering the reason I'm having the question in the first place because I'm like, (laughs) Tom delegates a lot. Yeah. Maybe too much. Like when, um pam comes and says there's a fire or whatever we don't know who and he's like i trust you then like five seconds later kendall is like why aren't you covering this like i don't tom should make a decision in that in that instance whether we cover it or not even that one confused me actually because he said i trust you and her instinct was to cover it but then he kind of prevents them from covering it because he says we're not sure we're not sure i think he was trying to avoid um, the propagation of a narrative that would exclude one side or be too biased because I do think Tom Tom doesn't care too much about job? the Republic. It, it is it's his job to report the news, and he was no, trying no, no, to no, report no. the I mean, news without job an agenda. His job at ATN is to be, report the news with a bias. That's his job at ATN. Is that really his job? Imagine coming to Fox News. I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna do liberty and the justice for justice for all. That's not your job. Your job is to have bigoted takes. That is so sad, actually. The fact that you that you're saying that and it's plausible is sad to me. Plausible, I think it's the entire fact. It's not even like I think it's just the truth. It's it's what they ask you in your CV when you apply for ATN. It's like, oh my god. Um, okay. So let's talk about the siblings. Uh huh. Um, in this 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 episode is mostly for ninety percent of the time it's Roman versus Shiv. Mm-hmm. Right, we knew this was coming. We saw this coming last last season. For whatever Shiv's fault, I I do, I do strongly believe that she believes in this. Like she she doesn't want it. It may be for for sure. Maybe she's made herself believe that she believes it. But I believe she believes in. She wants. She doesn't want a Mencken presidency, not just because Roman wants him, but because she just finds him dis- despicable and and deplorable. Yeah, it's well documented um, that Shiv can't stand the guy. Yeah. So. Yeah, so it comes up between two of them and they are playing the, the games probably the same way critics, I guess, of the of the left in the real world might even say like the left plays the game in real in real life because like the right will do all they need to do and the left are trying to be above above every time and politically then, correct. Yeah, and maybe that that's not how you win elections. But anyway, yeah, and then obviously the end of the episode becomes Kendall Bracket and Roman versus Shiv. In which, at this point, I don't Shiv is full out. She's out of this. She's yeah, because everybody knows she's. She, this is something I'm. Oh, I feel like I have to say this at least once a season. But here I am again saying that Shiv's main issue is overplaying her her cards due to um overplaying her hand due to overconfidence. Mm-hmm. And I, I mean the classic <laughs> the classic example of this will always be that just tell them it's going to be me. Uh, oh, at Turnhaven. Oh my god! Pain in my heart every single time I think about. That's that's one of the five, <laughs> by the way. Turnhaven and Safe Room are definitely two out of the five. Turnhaven, Safe Room, and Who Said Are You? Season one, episode six. Those three are definitely in top five. That's it's Turnhaven, and uh, I guess that means you were really enjoying the top half of season two, then because oh, season um, two is season two is the best season. Yeah, because like turn turn because Safe Room is season is two or four. Um, yeah, and then Turnhaven is two or five. I think. Look, I think from I think from one hundred six to two ten might be the best run of TV anybody has ever done, ever. <laughs> I have, like the best sixteen episodes. It's, I don't know. Hard, to tell it's you. hard. It's hard to argue with. Or fourteen yeah, it, episodes. It's it's no. It's really good. Like that entire season and a half of this show, I think is really what put it on the map because um, yeah, like I think Succession really starts like it truly, truly starts at the vote of no confidence. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that one hundred six, one hundred six yeah. to two ten to like. Uh, what does he say about my father? Whatever the press conference, oh, that was just an incredible run. Um, yeah, sorry, the, the siblings. Yeah, so like Shiv is out. She, yeah, everybody knows she overplayed her hand, like I was saying. Mm-hmm. And I've been asking this season, you know, Shiv, why are you doing what you're doing? I feel like she doesn't even really understand why she's making the decisions she's making anymore. Like she's siding with Matson. Why? Because she thinks her brothers are going to push her out. She was offended by what happened. You know, when they made them co-CEOs. And she wasn't really going to say much about that, but it's very clear to me that even though she was like, you know, they promised her like all decisions are going to be the three of us. She didn't believe them. So she decided mm-hmm. to hedge her bets and, mm-hmm. you know, 
make a home somewhere else by actually having an in with Madsen, which could have helped them. She could have said, okay, I'm going to get an in with Madsen in order to report to my brothers. So that makes them more inclined to bring me in on decisions because now they see me as a double agent, really, really high, high level asset that they could mm-hmm. have used something that, that would have worked for them. Sure. It could have ended up putting them all in jail. But I think at some point, maybe everybody will get into jail at this point um, in, in this show, but that's not how she plays it. She's essentially just like playing both sides against each other. Like she's on Matson's side, talking to him and everything. Um, only Tom really knows and he chooses to protect her, which shows, you know, partly that he loves her, right? We'll touch on that. Um, because when Roman finds out in this episode, he's genuinely surprised that he's smiling and then he immediately stops smiling. He's like, huh? You know, mm. and they've come, like Roman especially has come to hate Matson. Kendall is still kind of on a more d- diplomatic level, but Roman clearly doesn't like him. So the fact that she kept that from them and they found out not from her, but in this way through her actions that are, you know, undeniably shady. That was her trying to do too many things at once. Like, it's like, sis, she, like she was doing the most. She really was doing the most. And it, the way it blew up in her face was wild. I think this is the first time or the first thing that's happened between the siblings that, how do I put it, that would be personal. Mm. Like, a lot of things that happen, these, these guys have the mindset of it's just business, right? So even, like, yeah. they always find a way to come back. Think about when Kendall plays plays rape me during Chip's um, meeting or when Chip puts out that statement, right? Those are things that are like, they're like, that was, that was pretty shitty. But then they're at dinner two weeks later because they're, they're able to like, I don't know, maybe it's growing up in a Logan household. They're able to like say, this is church and state. This is, um, yeah, they can, this comp- is just business, they, can right? they can compartmentalize their nastiness. Exactly. But I think this one, because again, like you said, Roman just really hates Madsen and the fact that she's been, <sighs> This is the first time I think someone's actually like doing a long con of them, like doing actual ba- actual backstabbing. Do you get what I mean? Like not just machinations. Like, and I think this one they'll be like, oh, this is actually quite personal. This actually hurts me because, like you said, the way Roman reacts, even the way Kendall reacts, is like this is this goes. Oh my god, business. Jeremy Strong's face <laughs> when he went out and did the call, and then he looks inside, and then he walks over to Greg, and he just shiv watching that whole thing happen. That was such a beautiful and trying to have a beautiful wordless sequence that was amazing no, acting from everybody i can't keep on praising jeremy strong because to be as if like i, I what, what what can we say what can you there's nothing say? left to say like the man is like he understands what he's doing even nicholas braun in that scene i feel like at some point as he's walking away and he's looking at shiv he just smiles <laughs> he's he does like, he does smiles. which which i mean let's, let's talk about it now let's talk about it now because i have to my note shiv does the cardinal succession scene she doesn't know about it because she hasn't been involved. But like, you don't disrespect Greg. You just don't. <laughs> Always comes back to bite you. You just, you, you don't. Oh like, my God. When she did that, I was like, oh, this is going to hurt her in episode nine. I didn't know that. Jesse Armstrong was like, no, it's going to hurt her in 10 minutes time. Like, oh you, my goodness. So you just, you don't disrespect Greg. I know one very specific person who, I know one very specific person who listens to this podcast that is just, that's enjoying so much. The fact that you just said that, like this person is a Greg Stan. (laughs) (laughs) And you're right because you're actually very correct. Like when you really think about it, everybody who gets too deep into trying to mess with Greg gets messed up. You have to offer Greg something. You just have to. Either you're Kendall in season two with the apartment Mm -hmm. or you're Tom in season three with like um, Nero and Spurs. You you just have to. Even, even, Even Logan... Logan brought Greg in. I was like, what yeah. do you want? Like, you, yeah, you literally, just literally even Logan, did, you're, you're still right. Even Logan did it. Look, look at Kerry, for example. Kerry was like, <laughs> Kerry was actually threatening him. And then when it came mm-hmm. time for that, like, week episode, and then she showed up at the apartment, he was there standing with Marsha, making her life very hard. Yeah. <laughs> he was making Kerry's life very difficult. And they could have been allies. So Kerry is one example of this. Oh. My goodness. Maybe she did that. I was like, this is actually like, you don't know it, but this is the worst mistake you could have made. Like, this is worse than anything you're doing. Greg is best as an ally. Oh, you just can't disrespect Greg. Uh, Because he, he is so spineless that he will turn on anyone in a second. Which actually leads me to a point. Tom is in trouble. Tom is in serious trouble because I don't know what he's doing. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, Greg has been pulling away from him for a little while now. So. Yes, and he's and not just pulling as in from a tactical sense he's actually being rude to greg like he's been going on before this episode like you like even yeah. even i think what was it 
during the week when he was cracking jokes about Logan's death. And then Greg said something and he was like, come on, Greg, like be smarter or be wittier. Something like along those lines. Yeah. And then, and then him trying to demote Greg in this episode. Episode to Greg's date in the first oh, episode. Okay, yeah. That, that one, well, to be fair, that, that'd be Loki brought that on herself because yeah, what are you doing yeah. with that bag? Like, like if 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 plebs like you and I know that that bag is not appropriate <laughs> for this for that situation, I'm sure everybody who, who watches this show was just like, Ka-ching. "What is she doing?" <laughs> like she literally looks like she came to a to a yard sale and was just trying to pick Jesus. things up. <laughs> like Jesus. it was so weird. Um, but then even in this episode, as like I I felt that like I liked that the the camera lingered and there were actual pauses when he's like, you know, get me coffee. And then Greg's mm-hmm. face, he's just like, like his face is like, really, man? Like, are you for? He's real? like, I don't do that anymore. And he, and then he has to like, say that out loud. He said, I don't I do like, coffee Tom, what anymore, are you Tom. Doing? And he's like, yeah, but like, I mean, for me, you're gonna do like whatever. Like, I know there's all this stuff that's going on. He he, he pulls a Kendall Logan. It's like, yeah, all these continents are depending on me. Blah 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 blah. And yeah, like I he need to have my caffeine. <sighs> yeah, four seems that that was just that was just that was not it. Like I I. I I'm just I'm just gonna say I, I pray for Tom. I pray that he finds the mercy of Greg because we know the funeral is the next episode, I, I, I and a whole bunch of things will happen. <laughs> yeah, I don't think you will. I think Greg is gonna betray him. I think Greg, I think all this is building up to Greg betraying him. Which actually, I was gonna. It's funny because I was gonna start this segment with, with reciting Tom's quote from to Greg last season finale, which was, "Who has ever looked at you in this fucking family?" Mm-hmm. And Tom is not is not heeding his own advice. Um, should we rewind a bit and go back to the siblings? So. Mm-hmm. Even though I disagree with the with the reasoning, it, although there's a slight chance that it might help um, Ray Sihon win an Emmy, I don't think like if I was their campaign manager, I, I wouldn't tell Sarah Snook and Kira Culkin to be in the lead actor and lead actress categories. Mm. But I understand it. You can't <laughs> not watch this episode and also the last episode and not understand why they like they had lead. It crossed actors. my mind too. Mm-hmm. It crossed my mind too, especially, especially in fact, it specifically crossed my mind when Roman went over to Menken's camp. Yeah, that was when it crossed my mind first, like in this specific episode. That's when I was thinking, oh yeah, this guy is definitely like it makes sense that they're putting him as lead actor in this season. Mm-hmm. Um, Sarah Stokes' work aside, I mean, what Kieran Culkin has just been doing this season, especially since you know that conversation with Menken on, on the, the mountain, uh, yeah, with um, Matson, yeah, yeah. With uh, with Martin on the mountain, yeah, yeah, that that has just been, that has been so much of, like, just emotional back and forth. Roman's quiet implosion that is definitely still coming, right? Like, if if it's not even happening already, like he's th- firing spree like to this. I think like a volcano. I think it's already started, and it's gonna probably erupt. <laughs> do you remember what? Do you know what Roman is doing next week? He's giving this speech yeah, at his father's the eulogy. He hasn't it's like that, that, that's on, that's honestly the writers nodding to us. Like last week, they were like, "Okay, yeah, you know, if nobody's gonna take it, I will take it." And then they show us this, mm-hmm. almost as if to quietly say, "Yeah, just get ready for next week." But also, you're right. This has been coming. <laughs> this, this is not like there's nothing here is surprising. The yeah, Norway episode was what episode five, five yeah. Then what was six? Living plus six was living plus. So he he didn't really yeah. have any like. Oh no, what am I saying? He fired people. Yes, he, he fired. fired he was on a firing spree, bro. Like that was just the beginning. And then seven was yeah. So like he, this is going. It's like it's just seven was. He up. lost. He lost it on Connor. And then today he basically made he made a demagogue president, uh, because he made him president. He did. This is not like you know, I cracked a joke about crowning, but like they crowned him. They said we are giving you this state that has not been called, which means when we call all the other states mathematically, you would have to be president. There's nothing else we can do about it. So like. PGN is probably like un- unconclusive, but then ATN and all the right wingers to their right are like making his president because ATN has called um was it was Michigan, wasn't it? Um yeah. Was it, was it, it was Michigan? Michigan? Yeah, I think it was anyway. It was. Okay. So let's talk about Kendall and, and Shiv's journey across this episode. Because I think they have a very interesting journey. I think the siblings have always had different points of being close to one another. Right. Come um the moment when Roman on the yacht finds out that Kendall is going to be the lamb. And he says, like, they said out, like, that sequence, like, are you okay? Like, are you fine kind of situation. They've had little pockets. But I think the ones that have always had maybe extended periods of actual familial relationship is uh, Ashevan and, and, and Kendall. Obviously, what comes to mind is Safe Room, 
when he hugs her and says it's not going to be me. Um, and then this this episode it starts with the first time is when she's just <laughs> Tom has just Jesus Christ Tom man. Tom <laughs> you know <laughs> Tom, I don't want to talk about Tom yet but like if you're I know for a fact that Tom is staying up at night because what he said is is like destroying him because he's Tom is not about that life it's destroying him and then. If you're Tom, I tells you I'm pregnant, and you you have to remember that what you said to her the night before, because it's been less than twenty four hours, and you have to at least try and take it some of it back. Anyway, she comes straight from that to her to her brothers, and then her Roman cries to Jokers, "Do you want us to kill him for you?" And I think Kenner mm-hmm. is like, "Don't worry, we have your back." Very earnestly. Then obviously they are the only ones that are kind of like they are the two that really don't want making to be president. Um, and then the other sequence where Tom calls her hysterical, and then Kendall rushes at tom and it's like hey watch yourself then you have the you're a good person scene so like it's just those three scenes it's kind of like a short story of just them being good brother and sister i don't know and then and then kendall like i, I don't want to be i don't want to be one of those guys that has a kendall fan cam but kendall is like i'm gonna be honest with you here like i've thought about it being just me and i'm being this is the most honest i've ever been but i don't want it to affect us as a family and then he finds out that she's betraying him. Like, yeah, that's just I don't know that the the journey they go on this episode is just incredible. As an it just like just a weird turn of events, like the domino effects of all the stuff that was going on, like with with not just them but like everything around them was so well placed because they are getting to a point of of, of honesty. He even requests one of these, you know, which I don't know why they can't. None of these people can just say they can't hug, say the word, but man. <laughs> they just can't do it. Um, but. Yeah, he requests one of these and then they do it. And he's actually feeling like they're protecting each other, like they are aligned. Mm-hmm. And then she does this. Like she really, even if it was, she could have just called Nate and tried to do this, all these, you know, like word mishmash that yeah. doesn't mean anything, mm-hmm. hoping that he'll do what she actually just wants him to do. But why not just make the call? Like you could have, for him to call Nate, right? <laughs> because for him to call Nate and then say, and then, like, they would now be something, be saying something like, um, "Yeah, I didn't get any call from Shiv." Da da da. Like, it, it just that doesn't no, make sense. Like, genuine... If I were her, as soon as he said, "I'm going to call Nate," I would have immediately started dialing Nate's number. Or I've texted, like, "Oh Nate, and Nate, oh Nate, called me back." Uh, and then, <laughs> you know, it's like I don't know how to put it. It's just a clear example of Shiv not being smart. There's no other. And look, I, I, I'm not the person to say this because I think Shiv can be really smart at times. I think. I think in terms of politics, it's very smart relationship. But like, there's so many because you know Ken Kendall knew Nate before you. Kendall has Nate's number. Like, what are we doing here? Like, you can call Nate and tell him, "Look, Kendall's gonna call you." Maybe lie to him that you you guys can do something, make him feel good, or you can call Nate and like, "Look, we're in trouble here. We kind of, if you want your guy to be president, you have to kind of like at least lie to us that you can do something." Or you can even talk, can Nate. <laughs> the stress in your face so is exactly what I was it's talking so about. Bad. It's like so dumb, Shiv. And then the way, like, as she, soon as you walked away, she noticed <laughs> that wasn't about to happen. That this Sarah Snook's face falls, and she's she's still talking to to Roman, but like her brain is so. Like, why? I was like, why are you? Why? Why are you talking to Roman? Call <laughs> Nate right now. She tracks Kendall walking across <laughs> the room. No, the way they did that was so good. Like, I don't even know where, where were the cameras. Anyway, oh, and then forget, forget the technical staring. aspect of it. Just. Which that's like, she's like, the oh, stammering and, and, then he, and then he's like nah, 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 nah. <laughs> like, <laughs> and I was like why how can you have her father and her brother mimic her back to back seasons it's so unfair is it unfair when she's when she's she's literally setting herself up for this like you're not helping yourself oh, Twitter it's is going not to be helping so yourself rife when they see this scene because <laughs> because yeah because, it's, it's actually this this whole thing like I love this <laughs> this general privilege of getting to to actually see this show days before it comes out. But then I'm watching it, I'm thinking of all the people that I know and love who who would be losing their minds watching this episode and I can't say anything to them. And I just have to hope that on Sunday they feel what I think they're going to feel. I usually am right. Yeah. Because <laughs> because the problem is that, that that scene, that you're a good person scene, is such a great Roman and Shiv scene. Sorry, Kendall and Shiv scene. It's like mm-hmm. it has quote unquote all the feels. Like it's it's like yeah. she's telling him like you're a good person. You're whatever. a good guy. Everybody's being honest. Mm-hmm. Like Kendall is in his peak soft boy era. He's been comf- he's been like 
is confiding with his sister. Like everything just works, and then you have that final scene. I'm just like, <laughs> oh my god, Siobhan, mm. Siobhan, she has two episodes to try and redeem herself. Um, is there even hope? I mean, I think she can't be at this level. She can't be too low too too quickly. Like there's still two episodes. I would hope so because I mean, based on that, we, we she, she hasn't even had time to deal with the fallout from that follow-up conversation with Tom yet. Like, yeah. that's still a thing. That's Like, she has to deal with what happened at the end of the episode. But then there's also the stuff with Tom and the fact that, like, from right after that point, she and Tom are just, like, passive-aggressively interacting <laughs> throughout the Tom episode. Tom is walking out the room like, whenever, whenever she could. I, I, I think Tom is, I think Tom is, is, is embarrassed about what, what, what he did. I generally think he mm. feels... Now that he knows, yeah, definitely. Yeah. And, and his response to her, like saying, saying, is he a tactic? I think, but I think Tom, everything about Tom, all the meanness about Tom, I, no, no, that, I was going to say it's all fake. It's not because he's a, he's a, he's a mean person, but I think he's also like innately not a mean person. He's still a bully, mm-hmm. but I think he doesn't have like the meanness that the Roy's have. Like he can't just say, he doesn't have the tongue that the Roy's have. Like Roy's can't call you the worst possible thing. I think, doesn't Roma literally say we can all say terrible things in this episode? Like, they can call you the worst and it will affect them. But I feel like Tom, if he says it, it will affect him. But that's not to say that he's yeah, a good he, person because he's, he's not he's, a good person. He's um, just not built like that, even though he's bullying people throughout the episode. Shiv saying, do you find me attractive, Gregory? I'm kind of as a W. No, no. A big w no like. and, I, and I don't want you to do that because as, as soon as, you know, when they walked into that room, I was like, I know you're not about to validate Bankali. Please, 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 please do not validate Bankali. And then I heard her say what she said. And I was just like, wow, now I'm going to have to come here tomorrow and listen to him. It's the just best, enjoy it's himself. The, it's the best case of validation I could get. Like, I, I, you can't get the You're fool. still wrong. Yeah, yeah I'm wrong. You, you're still like, wrong. At least you, she even went there. Like, the fact that she went there is good enough for me. <laughs> um, okay, I have on my notes, Mark Ravenhead's impeccable Tucker Carlson impression. Tucker Carlson, yeah, I was... It, say, wow, it was look so at good. look at discount Tucker Carlson <laughs> dial was, to eleven. That's it was, nice. <laughs> it was so good. The way he was shouting, the way he's trying to be sarcastic, it was such a good Tucker Carlson impression. The pointed nature of it, the random, the 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 random comparisons to things that have no relevance. What did the he oxymorons. say? Oxymorons. Um, they'll come and tell your your son that he's a he's a he's your daughter or vice versa. I was just like, just and I was like, oh wow, you you got here really fast. Like you might have actually even gotten here faster than Tucker Carlson. Well done. The problem Mark. is that. <laughs> It doesn't well even done. require much creativity from Jesse Armstrong's part. That's that's the problem. Like he can just yeah. turn on Fox News any random day and he'll find something. And this is it. one week, yeah. one week after the actual Tucker Carlson has been fired. Mm-hmm. Like they couldn't have timed mm-hmm. this better. It, it like this is too good. It it's too good. Um I loved Kendall's line of maybe the poison drips through. And then like the yeah. way she just immediately rejected because she's like, no. I have a child inside me. Like I do hope the poison does not drip through. I really like that. Yeah. Like that. Shiv's reaction. She said it not just meaning. for his sake, but for his too, but but for hers as well. Yeah, yeah um, it takes a different meaning. And I think it's it, yeah, because she's. It's not just her trying to comfort him; it's her not wanting to believe that that is the case. Mm-hmm. You know, like you said, and um, on some level, like if the poison did drip through, who would it drip through? We don't know. Mm. We do. It's it's hard to tell. It's hard to tell which which aspects of him would get through these children to to the grandchildren, right? If the poison drips through, I don't know. I, I'm always worried for Iverson and Sophie, right? But hey, at least there's Rava, right? But like in 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 Shiv's case, what would what would actually happen? Like we don't know what's going on. Okay. Um as we wrap up, let's talk about Tom and Shiv. Let's just quickly run through Tom and Shiv. I mean we've kind of already touched mm-hmm. on it in part, but they have that one big scene yeah. and then they they kind of avoid each other the rest of the episode and then Tom says Shiv, you're you're hysterical. Oh my! So obviously, I'm an acting nerd, and when Tom is like shave, 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 and shave, like looks at him, pauses, and then says, "What?" in such anger, which and is, Kendall's like, "Watch it!" It's like oh, the way Kendall was like, "Watch it!" I was like, "Oh my god!" Okay, Big Brother, like know in. your place. Yes. Um. So Tom did not get tired of last night. Mm-hmm. He comes and tells Shave, "You sort of killed your husband. You kind of killed your dad," which is incredible. That's what I'm telling you. He's not feeling remorse yet. He's not. Incredible, Thomas, to say. He's definitely not at a point where he can express remorse because, yeah, he's yeah. still saying worse things. Oh, I mean, a little W that I, I kind of gathered from that scene as well, when he was like, I mean, you kind of hated your dad. Because that was kind of what I was, I was saying the other day. I was like, 
Why are they overreacting? They kind of hated him. It's a bit too much. Yeah, no, I mean that's a fact. I mean, she she said during the 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 fight on the balcony that he took away the last few months she could have had with her dad, and I was like, are you dumb? <laughs> like, James and I didn't really get into the the specifics of all the things they were saying, mm-hmm. right? No, no, at that moment, but when she, when she like, yeah, because there was just so much, but and we did pick some lines, but just to talk about that specific one, like this. You took away the time I could have spent with my dad in these final months. You are a liar. Not only did Tom not do this, you did it to yourself and you were making sure your brothers did too. Like Roman was getting side eye from you just for texting the man. Mm-hmm. You chose to not see him. You chose to not well, talk to him. Well, I guess the justification is that Tom, because her and Tom were on the out, Tom closed it up to Logan and then kind of pushed yeah, but that, Shiv out. But, the, but, that, but Tom's actions were results of Shiv's actions, not the other way around. Whether or not, like, Tom's Trump trying to advance business-wise mm. and getting close to Logan doesn't stop Shiv from interacting with her father or even arguing with or hating with her father up close. Mm, you know, fair, she chose yeah. to make oh, that I mean, yeah, cold, distant yeah. battle. Yeah. So, yeah. I, him, so, so him, you, that kind of turning that on his head to say, you killed him, you know, is I interesting to me it. because... <laughs> just like, well, you kind of killed yeah. him. No, no, he's not say you sort of killed him. Oh my god. Um He's like, just as a matter of fact, you know, since we're being honest here, I might as well just point that out too. Yeah, maybe we'll find out well, I mean, it's the next day. They told us that the funeral is the next day, so at least then he'll have some time to maybe reconcile everything. But also we I think it was PGN that was kind of putting the blame on him for the whole Mankin thing because his his face was up on the screen, wasn't he? I didn't know yeah, that was that was that was a PGN thing. Yeah, and he didn't even he didn't even let Mister Wasabi do his his retraction and his explanation. Even like I knew they were going to cheat that guy, and he I just have to say, um, he was portrayed really, really, really well by Adam Godley, um, mm-hmm. who you know he's like he's like just a really good British character actor. You yeah. know, we've seen him in Breaking Bad as Elliot from Grey from Grey Matter. We've seen him in Suits as Lewis's like counterpart. Whenever I see him first, Suits comes to my mind first, not Breaking Bad. I don't know why. There's definitely Suits that comes, suits comes to my mind because that, that's where I saw him first. Maybe that's where I saw him first as well, yeah. Um, but, but yeah, he's, also, he's been a bunch of, of other interesting... He was also in Charlie and Chocolate Factory, of course. You know, so, Which one? As in um, 2005? The 2005 one. Well, I mean, what myself? Yeah. Of course it's 2005. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> was like, what's so, so yeah, just seeing him here doing an American accent, getting very frustrated by everyone around him was too funny. Like, so he's everything like an independent going on, person, right? Just, yeah. Is that his role? In, no, no, that, that's his role in the company. Like he's their person who, um, he's basically their their analyst. He's their projection oh, so he analyst. Works for ATN. He, I assumed he's an he's the ATN person that handles polls oh. and election data because they have like someone an like that. Independent person. No, because they talked about how Sid used to wear um, like very specific shoes because she knew it was going to be a long night. And yeah, then yeah. when we first see this guy, the camera is actually doing a wide shot, yeah. which is obviously is kind of rare for succession, but they're yeah. doing a wide shot to show that he is also wearing Tom, comfortable Tom shoes. Tom is like, those, those are nice, yeah. Yeah, because this, this is not his first rodeo. So I yeah. assume he is there. I don't know why I thought it was like an independent company thing. that probably throws people at different news stations just to make sure things are above board, which obviously they're not. But I guess it yeah, makes sense not, that he so, might be. Yeah, I, I assume he's he's in house. Yeah, because they, but they don't have control over like not like Roman is like I can't tell you what to do that kind of thing. Like I think he kind of maybe has like a yeah because I think that was like an in-house. ethical type of thing. I think it, I thought it, I thought I thought that was more of like an ethics thing. It's like you know you know how I can't tell you what to do, but I want to tell you what to do. But you know what I want to say that yeah you no no I get what you mean. As, as, yeah. like, as like I don't think like Roman ethically or not can tell Tom do this, but I feel like mm-hmm. he can't like. Yeah, if he came to like a deposition, he can't say just for the sake of face value. Yeah, yeah. Okay, um, should we wrap up by talking about Connor? Did you see Connor's slogan? Connor Roy, (laughs) enough already. (laughs) Did we know that before this episode? Do we know that we didn't? I think that's the first time we've heard it. And the first thing that came to my mind when I saw it was that video of him that they were watching on the iPad where he said. Knock knock, who's there? Oh. Uncle Sam. And where's his hand in my pants? <laughs> He's been running on this idea that of was the elites well, are was, taking that was season over. That's season two as well. Um that yeah. was season two, season yes. Two. So Connor ha- has ironically this whole time been running on this idea of the elites are lying to you 
when he is the elite of the elite. What is like, he? He's watching the, he's watching the elites in their penthouse from the penthouse of the <laughs> penthouse. And he's coming to tell regular people that. Oh. I can't imagine any actual normal people voting for Conor Roy. I feel like it's just people who are fans of the Roy's that have like money or, but then again, like, but he didn't get any electoral college, he didn't get any college votes. He didn't win any that's, states. That's, that's the funny thing. So it's like, who's, who's trying to like make him present? Cause we know he had at least three or four million people and him holding on to that quote unquote slice of pie mm-hmm. is a very usual thing in, it's a normal thing in, in, in American yeah, yeah, politics. Like by the time the debates come around and they show everybody's percentages, like most of them are not higher than five. Yeah. You know, okay. he's holding on to 1%. So and he becomes, clearly that's enough to sway the election. So he becomes ambassador to, well, Becomes well, ambassador to Slovenia or Slovakia, one of them. I can't remember. He didn't one, want to one mess of, with the Slovs. But why? Why does Menkin give this to him? Wait, I thought it was Oman. Well, why did why did he give no, it to no. him? Yeah, Oman was the, the last week. Like, why did they agree to the deal this week? No, it was slow because they were like, because she was like um, breakfast in Dubrovnik, and then they set some other places. So definitely Europe. Dubrovnik is in Croatia. Yeah, so yeah, so they were like because they were, they gave other countries. So I think they were like, we can travel different places. Oh, for, so for they meals. chose. I see. Okay, yeah. I can't remember what they that said for lunch and dinner. Yeah, I do remember. I do remember them saying that. Um, and I was thinking, um, I actually wasn't sure it was a done deal. I guess that's why I'm sounding the way I'm sounding because, Roma from my point of view, is okay. Because I I thought because obviously Roman yelled at him uh, last episode mm-hmm. and Connor said no, I'm mm-hmm. gonna you know stick to my guns here. And then they're watching TV in that sad sequence in Connor's camp. Mm. <laughs> and he has to turn it off because they was like, yeah, you know, we can, we can just get Kentucky. And we right before their eyes, they don't win. get Kentucky. Yeah. So, I, you know, it, it's, it's, it's funny because like, I thought maybe the offer wouldn't be on the table. I thought maybe they'd kind of give him a hard time about it. I thought even like he, I knew he'd get it, but I thought they'd no, maybe like make fun of I mean. him first or whatever. He, the yeah, offer shouldn't so. be on the table because, like, the polls are the polls yeah. are closed. I understand. I, understand the I assumed before. it was because, like, they don't need you anymore. Like, he has won. This was yeah. like, oh, to help me win and in exchange, I'll give you this. Exactly. But now I've won without you. Why do I need to give so, you Rome, anything? Because he says I can concede in favor, like, in the direction of of Menken, which doesn't really make sense. To, I don't know how you can do that. But then Roman says that Menken, you can. Menken wants to keep the momentum going. Yeah, he can definitely concede in that way, like because he he concedes before the end, the election is done, right? Which then directs everybody who voted for him or who would have voted for him to then, um, even if they've already voted, direct their support towards Menken, partly because they're in the same party. Because yeah, but that support is not real, though. They're not votes, are they? They're not like just it's just it's like sending peace and love. Yeah, basically, but it but it does help because because that alignment of ideals and the alignment of ideas does actually help with. The, with control when it comes to government. Yeah, but it seems very little to get for Slovenia. Do you get what I mean? Like, well, we like, know Connor would have been fine anyway. Like, this is a, oh yeah, this of course, is a, this is a side project. Fine. That's not yeah, this is a side project for him. So I don't think the size of what he gets is good. He just wants it to sound kind of cool. Oh no, me, I'm wondering why Menkin offered that because I'm like Menkin. Slovenia is too big to offer for. Maybe like, to, maybe to throw him, maybe to throw him a bone. Maybe as a favor to Roman. Maybe uh, because. <laughs> It's gonna be throwing room on a bone later. Um, okay. We'll see. I love the uniforms because when they showed like the ACN anchors, the ATN anchors, I was just like, that is it. <laughs> like it's the blonde woman in a red dress. I was just like, that is it. <laughs> blonde woman in a red dress. Like they really I was like, this this could not be any even, more hilarious. Even Willa, if you watch Willa was wearing the red dress. I was like, this is so perfect. Willa was, everybody was dressed for the parts. Mm-hmm. It was, it was so well, even the voices, like the voices of their pundits were actually so well done it's too. It's so good. It, like, really had sounded like, talk, <laughs> this could have been real. And obviously we've seen him before, so like, it's fine. But like, to get an actor just to come in one day and do this, I'm just like, oh man, actors are so incredible. Um, yeah, because, um, I mean, you, you know, for like, for this season and for actually more than just this season, they've had quite a few um, political consultants mm-hmm, on mm-hmm. on the show and yeah one of the main ones is definitely um what is it? i think it's elliot schultz or something like oh, yeah, that yeah, for obama yeah mm-hmm. um he said that they asked for that the writers are so good and the production team is so good on this show that he wasn't prepared for the amount of detail 
that they came for, mm-hmm. right? Because he said, oh, they'll ask him, oh, what, what did this, what, what might, what might go on in this conversation? Um, and then they tell them and, like, and then they go and then they come back. It's like, okay, what um, would the outcome of this particular interaction be? How does this affect this part of government? And he goes and tells them and then they come back again. It's like, okay, what kind of vests do the dogs wear? <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, I don't know. Like, I have to go check and do some research. Like, and you can see that they've really put all that thought in, right down to the thing that me- that almost messes up the entire night. Being the touchscreens are not working. Was, I was like, of all the random things, why is that right now? Because, How did they not have the best? But we've seen it's, it happen. It's, 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 it it's random enough that it's real enough, yeah. which makes it make sense. And it's just cool to me how Succession always does stuff like that because how do they not have the best touchscreens available that money can buy? Well, they said they have three. They said this always happens, so they have three, but then two packed up. Yeah, so they, they, were, pre- they were prepared, left. but I guess, yeah, that, that's just bad luck. That's, um, that's such bad luck. Now, they're, watch now, they're going to have five for next time. Like, Assuming well, anybody still, is still around yeah, in like five, four years. Who knows who will be in charge of ATN next time? Um, maybe PGN with Vest Viking them. And and feel it their village. Like Joe Greg will be in charge of ETN in four years. <laughs> the way things are going. Oh my god. Even the even the fact that they, they, they made a point of mentioning in this episode how Greg and Martin have a bit of a relationship now. Yeah, oh I mean the Martin himself was saying it. He was like and then Shiv was like, Greg? Yeah, he was just Greg, like he was huh? there as as a normalist or whatever. Because I did the normalist. bonus episode. What with, on um, earth is that word? <laughs> with Haja and Ibuka. And Ibuka was like, oh like would Greg be okay if the if the Swedes hate him? I was like, as long as they don't think he's worthless, he's fine. Like they can think Greg he's is just, to provide value. Yeah, it's just like they just want like I don't know how to put it, but like Greg is so bad that he's good. Just like yeah, <laughs> you almost forget that he's there, and then like <laughs> despite how tall he is, and then eventually you're just like oh, I'm asking Greg to do this thing. I just like why is Martin confiding India numbers with Greg? Why? Oh my god, man. For the show. For Greg the, show. the egg, man. Two episodes left. Turning into Greg the chicken. Well done. Uh, two episodes left. <laughs> next week is the next week is the funeral. And then I think episode 10. I mean, no, I think I know episode 10 is the finale. And I think Kendall, Kendall, <laughs> I think Jeremy Strong was like when they shot, when they finished, they were in a tropical location. So I guess we'll have another trip. Mm-hmm. Another trip on, on our on the cards. Um or are they just going to be on a boat discussing life again? Probably not. Probably not. Probably. probably I mean, so, so they probably go somewhere. Italy, somewhere. Um, anyway, next week, I'm assuming we'll see all of them. All the guest stars. Eowyn, um, Caroline, everybody, Marsha. So that should be very fun. That should be very fun. Yeah. Um, like, it's one thing to be Logan's funeral and then another thing to be the penultimate episode of the season and of the show. Exactly. And... Like, Ugh. You know, I'm just thinking about these episode titles, you know, like what, what could they really be, be telling us? I know people are making, some people are thinking too deeply about them already, um, or maybe just deep enough, who knows, like maybe they know something we don't. Mm-hmm. I saw like a Collider article um, earlier today that was, that was saying something no along the ads. lines of, oh yeah, <laughs> I, uh, they were saying something along the lines of like, the final episode title may be like a clue about how it's going to end. And I don't know, because you, you, you can't really predict how these people are going to go. Like they're good enough that we can be sure they'll surprise us somehow. Yeah. But the title is from the same poem that like um, with, seasons yeah. one, two, and three. That, that all the season finale yeah, titles yeah, poem, with so open eyes, right? I don't know the name. Uh, next episode being titled Church and State yeah. is also interesting because like clearly there's going to be some kind of division there. And, and then can predict that, that especially since we know the funeral is coming. Yeah. Anyway, okay. We'll be back next week. Um, guys, look, we just go every day. We close our eyes and we, we cross our fingers and we're getting the screeners. Our luck seems to be going up, but I don't want to be Doctor. Yeah, I, I almost thought we wouldn't get screeners this week yeah, just because so, of what Justin Armstrong said about episode eight. So I mean, I'm very surprised if you get next week, but like, look, I'm not trying to be that guy. So we'll see. Hopefully, uh, <laughs> uh, but anyways, even if we don't get it, we always have the episodes out for you guys sooner or later. Thank you very much for listening. Maybe thank you for coming back. Get some sleep. It's been a yeah, long, long election night. I'll do my best. Imagine. So Shiv, Shiv has had that fight with her husband. Then losing the presidency and her family's trust, and then her father's funeral. 72 straight hours. That's three straight days. 
That and would, the fact that Madsen might drop her, I actually think uh, that's a real thing that, that could happen. Eddie, well, that's a long, long period of time. Anyway, okay. Thank you everyone for listening. Well, at least she's rich. Yeah, at least she's rich. She will be fine. Check out our Barry episode. I joined Obira and Jerry for that one. That was fun. Barry's also wrapping up. And then, obviously, everybody continues to be a... Moonlight and Ted Lasso. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, so check that out Yellow Jackets will continue to do that with Dimebi and Farida as we approach the finale of that as well and in Love and Death we approach the finale of that as well so yeah please check those episodes out and join us oh of course please check out Priscilla and Jesse's Is This Cinema a podcast which Haja described as actually pretty good Um, which is high praise from Haja (laughs) so she's never said that about this podcast so like honestly I was was just enjoying that I saw that I was like oh wow okay but anyway, yeah, cool. thank you guys for listening and join us next week when we'll be joined by my own president, Conor Roy. No, sorry, Daniel Kaduya. Bye, guys. Oh, my God. <laughs>